0: Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you could pick up at theoryofdfs.com or our more recently released Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players, 10-chapter audio cost plus, uh, plus Excel tools, tools for you to use, Microsoft Excel if you got it. Uh, James McCool has made tools, and it's the tools that I use in combination with uh, with projections, ownership, and optimizer. Go pick that up. Theory of joined as always. Neil Orfield from Stochastic, the uh, host of the High Stakes podcast, other shows on the contrary, listen to, and uh, taking a look at uh, at your uh, your lineups for in the Millie. I, I think I did better than you.
1: <laughs> I saw your post about how well you did yesterday, and I thought the show tomorrow is going to be insufferable because <laughs> Blender had all these big wins. Great no, well, Sunday. It wasn't
0: in GPP, though. I mean, I still made a lot yeah, of okay. money in GPP. But you
1: made like 96% in cash, something like that. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, and yeah. You, and you won a little bit I, in I destroyed. And, of course, I yeah. like
0: 80% of my volume is in cash games. So, like, so when that happens, and then I got, to, you know, about 67 68% of my... Props on Prize Picks and underdog hit, so that that that's more. I I cleared maybe about eighty five hundred on the on the day in profit. So that's it's a nice little Sunday. That's that's pretty good. I
1: I lost more than that. I think.
0: <laughs> no, well, so, what what did you play? What else did you play besides? Because the millie, that's three thousand. Yeah, so
1: I played the millie. I play. I always play the uh, on DraftKings. I play both the early afternoon and the late afternoon slate. I also played the forty four forty four on DraftKings this week, which I don't usually do. Uh, didn't cash that one, and then I, I did enter the uh, the King of the Gridiron, which is oh yeah, that three K dra-
0: contest. I got an email about that. I said, like, get the yep. fuck
1: out of here. Yeah, and then I so I. I don't like it. There's only 141 people in it. Uh, I thought it'd be more interesting if it filled the, to 250, uh, which was the max. And I did okay in that one. So, I, you know, that, that's not necessarily money lost. That's, this is the first of four weeks, but I didn't win any money on that slate. So, um, yeah, played all those. And, of course, I played the the milli on FanDuel. Uh, and then I also played the late afternoon slate on FanDuel. Didn't play the early one because there wasn't enough up top for that one for me. Um, I kind of hate these... Five dollar milies that FanDuel is running out. Even for me, like I, I you know, I love large field GPPs, uh, but the five dollar ones where it's like five hundred thousand people you're competing against, it's just too much for me.
0: Well, uh, I don't know if you tuned in. I did a special, uh, stupid Saturday stream. I saw that. No,
1: I didn't. I didn't tune in because I was out, I believe. But uh, right, I saw that you do were doing stuff it on Saturday nights. So I, I do. I do. I,
0: I typically am watching UFC, but there was no UFC card. And then my wife also went out with a friend somewhere. So what else did I have to do? So uh, Saturday night, typically I'm running all of my stuff, running lineups through and everything. And then I come up with like, okay, this is maybe the, what I'm going to be doing tomorrow morning. And then just get on and talk talk to the stoopies. Right? That's a, just like Barstool has stoolies. I have I have the stoopies. And pe- pe- people like that. For, they like when I just yell at everyone. So like, What do you
1: call like a like a male dominatrix? I feel like that's like what people are looking for here. The Stupid Saturday, they just they just I don't know what they come to be yelled at. Is that just called the dominatrix? Like they're they're just looking to be to be subs. What's
0: what's a male? I'll just Google what's a male dominatrix? It might just be dominatrix. I don't know. Dominatrix called. Let's see, what's the male equivalent of a dominatrix? Like it doesn't seem to be a dom daddy.
1: All right, so you're a dom daddy on these stupid Saturdays. A
0: A dom daddy,
1: that's what the people come for.
0: Right, I've They got, want to be
1: subbed by Blender.
0: Yeah, I guess so. A Dom or a Master.
1: Yeah, okay. Master makes sense.
0: Okay. But I like the Dom Daddy. Okay. I guess that's the I guess I like that's that too. The, that's the name of the pot that's the name of the show, so the YouTube algorithm could, could make sure that people that are looking for male dominatrix come to yeah. this show.
1: They'll come to this show and then they'll be like, Oh, I want to check out the stupid Saturdays. Right. This guy's just gonna yell at me for an hour.
0: <laughs> but on there I ran so I go around the industry and I run all their projections through mm-hmm. through the correlation matrix and with common stack combinations like I'm not just running cash lineups I'm running like GPP lineups. Uh I I I obviously I could look at your your exposures on results DB now but mm-hmm. I on on Saturday show right but I knew like cuz I I don't just do an aggregate. Like I do 300 sets of RG, 300 sets of the Blitz, 300 sets of ETR, daily roto, four for four, stochastic, and I run different stack combinations. So it's like, like, well, how many, how many, how many people do do I think are gonna play, uh, three running backs versus four wide receivers versus two tight ends versus mm-hmm. you know how much what percentage running back DSD correlation the run back run backs and stacks. So I'm running all types of stuff like that. Uh, so I could throw that in the portfolio correlation matrix to see which players stick together the most, right? That show up together, because I don't want to play those combinations. I don't mind playing those players, just not necessarily as much in combination with one another. And right. uh, Stochastic had some outliers, but in general, uh, am I describing your exposure if I say that the most common players in your lineups to each other, one, I, I i have a list of, uh what, eight? Here's the top eight. One, two, three, four, five. Top. Here's the top eight for stochastic projections. As of Saturday night, uh, David Montgomery, one. Tyler Higby, two. Jets defense, three. Russell Gage, four. Fournette, five. Cooper Cup, six. Stefan Diggs, seven. And Josh Jacobs, eight.
1: So, the short answer is I don't know exactly uh, how much I have those players together. Just looking uh, in lineup study, I don't see an immediate way to do it in lineup study the way I do when I'm actually crunching. But, um, but, yeah, but
0: I just listed pretty much your high. Like, like you, your exposure in the Millie for Diggs is is the hot. Diggs is number one. Cup is number two. Fournette is number four. Jets is number five. Higby's number six. Russell Gage is number seven. And Jacobs is somewhere like. If you compare, like, leverage-wise, like, yeah. you, have, you have 14% Jacobs, but the field only has three, right? Right. Uh, Gage, you have 19%, the field has three. The Jets' defense, 20 the field has four. Tyler Higbee, you have 19 the field has 13 So, like, other than the fact of, like, this is obviously if you don't limit lineups. Like, if you go in and you go, well, I don't want more than 20% of David Montgomery, well, obviously, you're going to get more of someone else instead. So, like... This is right. not, this is, this is if someone was using stochastic. I'm doing this as if, like, if you're using Fantasy Cruncher with stochastic projections and you're not aware of any type of game theory dynamics, like, you're going to get a lot of these players stuck together. And right. even if you're building a 150 set with some uh, game theory dynamics, you may get, like, the tops of your lineups, the tops of your portfolios. May have these players kind of stuck together, obviously, you're gonna get more of someone that's that's more projected than than owned and and compared to other uh, other industry projections. That's why I can't just do an aggregate. I also want to do for each projection set because not everyone's using an aggregate. some people just like okay i'm gonna I'm gonna use r g projections, and that's it. and if you like, and i could i could I could just jot down I mean I have a sheet right here that I'm just jotting down. And going, well, if you're using RG projections, you're going to get a lot of Romeo dubs, right? You're going to get more, way more than uh, if you use on other sites. You're going to get, yeah, compared to other sites, you're going to get a lot more dubs. And you're going to get a lot less Perriman. And you're going to get a lot less Damian Pierce, right? But if you're using some other projections, it, it may be the opposite. Like like uh, the Blitz and Stochastic were much higher on Cup. For his 9900 mm-hmm. price tag at his ownership than other than other places. And then stochastic was much lower on Amon Ross St. Brown and T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. So like looking at your looking at your exposures, I mean you barely have any Amon Ross St. Brown.
1: Yeah, I was way low on Amon Ross St. Brown. Um I mean for the I look at the top of my exposure list and I see Diggs, Cup, Kyle Pitts, uh Jets defense, which honestly that kinda of surprised me given how much I was targeting the Bengals. Um but I didn't preclude them or anything the thing that Uh, i don't understand can
0: can i ask a question i think i don't understand because i'm not looking at exact lineups because i'm just looking at exposures like you had so little amon ross st brown yet your highest exposed stack was the vikings so yeah i think a lot lot more of like swift and hawkinson in those lineups
1: I, so I was trying to run a lot of DeAndre Swift, uh, not realizing that he was going to not play a whole lot. I liked Swift against the Vikings. I mean, I only had ten point seven percent Swift. Uh, he was seven point four percent overall. I don't think I had a lot of Hawkinson. I also liked uh, DJ Chark. I thought was an interesting. I'm trying to see where I ended up with. You didn't have that much DJ Chark. Yeah, apparently not. I had eight percent Hawkinson, so I was above the field there. I think I just spread it out more. That's what it looks like,
0: right? Because I'm just looking. Th- I'm just looking through. Because obviously, I'm not looking at individual lineups. I'm just looking at like the fact that you that Cousins was your that you, you had the most. You had 16% cousin stacks, and still barely adding Amara St. Brown means you were just making cousin stacks either with no runbacks or using Hawkinson instead of Irv Smith in that lineup or do double tight end. Like, yeah. I mean, and I also,
1: yeah, I did have 4.7% DJ chart, which was, you know, triple the field. Okay. Not quite triple, a little right. bit more than double. So yeah, it looks like I just kind of spread out my ownership there. I didn't realize how little Amon Rai had. That was, I don't think that was intentional to go that low. Well, but
0: but um, isn't that highlighting my point, Neil?
1: Yeah, but I'm not so, saying, uh, I'm
0: not saying it's good or bad. I'm not saying like, Oh, Neil, you did something wrong. I'm just no, I know you're not. That if that, if you're not paying attention, if you're not, I don't want to say not pay attention, but like, if you're not going out of your way to do certain things, like based on the stochastic projections, you're going to get much lower. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Then you realize, unless you just say, I want a 15% minimum. And then, you, then you're going to get other people instead in the other lineup. like, this, this is more of the fact of like, if you don't go out of your way to do something, this is what yeah. ends up. This is what ends up happening. And for the good or the bad, it, it depends on if you don't, if you don't care. I mean, like it, I'm not saying you're not you can't make good lineups or you're making bad lineups. It's just that, like you said, you didn't realize how little of him you had. It's like, well, I realized how little of him you had unless unless you did something. Just like I would know that, like I, I'm not going to be surprised coming on the show, going, "Wow, why'd you have a lot of Russell Gage? Why'd you have a lot of Jets defense?" Like I, I'm not. I, why'd you the the common the common? I heard I heard the question. I heard you ask on uh, on the the Friday show about uh, your your best friend. Your best friend, low-ceiling Ben Skaronic, right? Oh, yeah, I did. Down there at 3,400, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, stochastic projections are much higher in Skaronic than anywhere else. So it's like, sure. But I also,
1: I gave Ben Skaronic a boost. So, like, so you gave it's him true boost, that these even. things...
0: You even gave him a boost.
1: But I mean, so, so here's what you need to realize. And, and I guess this week it looks like my players stuck together the way you would expect. But I change projections kind of drastically. So like, my process involves crunching sometimes 20 30 times and I'm going through and I'm changing the projections enough that I'm sort of surprised to see that these players stuck together uh, to the extent to the extent that you would expect them to or that I was you know so close to in line with what you'd expect with the stochastic projections um, but like I mean I guess Russell Gage is an example of somebody that I think I actually, lowered russell gage pretty significantly relative to other people in his range just because i didn't really believe the ownership projection i was like there's no way russell gage is going to be this low owned as the number one wide receiver in tampa and then of course he came in and he was only 3.5 percent owned so if i had known that i would have gone even higher than i did on russell gage right.
0: but you um, but you you would know that if you looked at other industry projections and like gage is yeah gage, like well, that's why i'm saying like like i said i even said on the stream i'm like Using these projections, you're gonna get a lot of these. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just yeah. understand that, like, oh, you're getting a lot of a guy that's only three percent owned. He's not gonna be three percent. Well, if everyone used stochastic projections, you'd be correct, but not everyone does. So seeing those out yeah. like Damien, I wasn't as concerned about Damian Pierce. I had a lot of Damian Pierce, and he was projected decently owned, but I knew he wasn't gonna be that chalky. But I also knew that David Montgomery and Leonard Fournette, you know, like that I the one the one guy that I missed on. Like, the, basically, the one mistake, and I always judge my play based on, especially when I play exploitatively, based on on ownership. On Had I known someone was X-owned, I would have played these lineups differently. Not even more or less of. Just, like, oh, the relative value I thought I was getting in this lineup, I wasn't. Or, these lineups have way too much relative value because I thought they would be more owned. And the one guy that... I came in twice as owned as I projected him being was Miles Sanders. Hmm. 22% 22. 22. owned in the middle. I had him at 11. So I had him as a anti-correlative player. Like he actually stuck to less lineups than other players. So it's like I wouldn't have even projected him to be 22% owned because I thought a lot of running back spots would have Montgomery and Fournette and even Jacobs or Pierce or or Mixon or something like that. And it just, just so happens that that Sanders was fitting in a lot of those lineups. So like I wish I had much less of him. And also, but the things that I got correct was uh Jalen Hurts was an own quarterback, but he didn't carry receiver ownership. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I when I was running through lineups, like I, I I created a list of like here 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 are lineups. That here players are going to be that may be more owned than you think they will be, and one of them was like Hollins, Dubs, uh, Raheem Most Mostert, Curtis Samuel, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. Will be more owned than you think. Waddle will be more more owned than you think, and uh, and stack wise, like Tua, Goff, those guys will be more owned than you think. And then on the other side, it's like I the the most under owned than you think. A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Drake London. Um, uh, uh, hunt. Uh, not Hunter. Uh, uh Derrick Henry, Juju Mixon, Higgins, Pierce, Higby. Uh, and Miles Sanders was number three on that list. Like, and I had the most underowned. Uh, that you'd expect. Number one, Mahomes. Number two, Burrow. But then number three was Hurts. As a stack, because it's not the quarterback, it's as a stack, because of A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Goddard's ownership just didn't fit into lineups. That had Montgomery, Fournette, Diggs, you know, like those types of players that, as as far as the correlation matrix was concerned, Hertz was actually going to be under-owned as a... It was going to be owned as a quarterback, but under-owned as a stack, which kind of makes no sense. But people do play unstacked quarterback lineups and whatever. And then I also had Mariota and then I also had Josh Allen as under, like he was going to be owned, but much lower owned, like, like the common narrative was like, oh, oh, everyone's going to play Josh Allen, Diggs, Tyreek Hill, or Jalen Waddle. And that was the most owned combination, but based on running lineups, just through all these projection sets, like they weren't, they weren't massively under-owned. But Mm -hmm. it wasn't going to be as chalk. It was the chalk, but not as. It wasn't going to get to the levels where Josh Allen, that whole stack is like 20% each player. Like a lot of people are playing digs without being in that stack. And then once once you add Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox to that type of stuff, it gets even lower. And then when you add Raheem Mostert or Chase Edmonds to that, like it gets even lower. Like, so it's like these Allen stacks, you can make Allen stacks that are still good enough, that aren't yeah. as chalky in combination, uh, depending on the lineups that you're building. So like like I spent like two, two and two and a half hours doing that because it takes time to run with all the combinations. So I'm running three hundred sets that in lineup HQ, that may take three minutes, four minutes to run three hundred because I have all the settings in and everything. And then the Excel spreadsheet takes two or three minutes. So I'm basically, I'm just like, okay, run, put it in, put it in, jot down notes, save that, then running the next one. And I'm in for each projection set. I'm running like three different types of stack combinations. So like we're talking about 900 line of per set. And then I'm also doing the same for the aggregate. So taking just an equal aggregate of all of them Mm -hmm. and then doing, so like, that's what I spent two and a half hours doing just so I could get to like, okay, what are the combinations of players I should avoid or have less of, and one of the combinations of the players that I, I, I should have more of, and the only the only miss really, I mean, between both lists, the only miss was Miles Sanders. So I mean, I I I was very comfortable in the process. Like I I very similar last week of like, I I look at my lineup and go, I'm not I'm not, I'm not ashamed of what I played. I'm not I I'm I'm perfectly fine. Other than any lineup that had Miles Sanders in it, I could have probably played a better a better lineup than it, sure, because I expected Miles Sanders at eleven percent ownership and not to yeah. be the third shockiest player on the whole fucking slate.
1: Yeah, no, that uh, that didn't work out. Um, as you're talking, I just pulled up Alex's ownerships to compare them to my own because I'm like I'm I'm sort of surprised to hear that uh, you know that I'm over the field on all the players. Well, you let expect me let me pull to be it under up million. Hold on, so yeah, I can see what you.
0: Yeah, awesome. Cause I listened to uh, the, 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 the review show this morning. And,
1: I haven't listened to that yet.
0: Yeah. it's it, And you, you have a very similar, it seemed like, cause if you go to your, 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 your exposures and you just sort mm. by leverage, which means how under the field you are or over the field, like the most owned players, it's all bright red. Right. Yep. And that's exactly what Adam said on this. It's like, so I barely played any Montgomery. I played a ton of, Of of the two games that had like sixty plus totals and still he's still lost he lost his ass yeah been fading a lot of me too so it's like it's the same thing okay so Alex lost eight forty on the slate so twice as less as you on Mm -hmm. the ROI and uh, wow okay he just he just he slammed yeah no yeah so I mean it looks the same it looks the same I mean truthfully it looks the same
1: I mean so so his I I would say is generally going to be a more announced version in terms of like over under the field than mine, because I mean, he, he just uses the stochastic projections. He's not changing them. Obviously he does the projections. He's going to just use the projections that he's running out there and his look closer to what I was getting before I made adjustments. So like, you know, he had 49% David Montgomery. I ended up under the field, but that's because I, you know, chopped down his projection quite right. a bit. Cause I was like, I think he's going to be chop chalky. I don't want to have that much David Montgomery. Alex went the other way. Cause the projections, you know, had him, uh, Projecting really well, and like Leonard Fournette, I have twenty percent, a little bit over the field. But Alex had fifty-two percent, which is closer to what I was getting, you know, before I chopped down his projection significantly. Similar with Tyler Higby, he had fifty-six percent Higby. Um, So I I can kind of see, like, okay, it makes sense. So like, even, even though I made all these tweaks to the projections, I still ended up over the field on a lot of these players who projected really well for stochastic. Which you know, that is kind of what I want to do. I want to. Trust the projections largely because I, I think that they're great projections. I just, you know, I'm, I'm never going to want to play 56% of or no, I shouldn't say never, but typically I'm not going to want to be playing 56% of a guy just because he projects a little bit better than some other players. I'm more likely to make little minute uh, adjustments to projections to make sure that I'm not getting that much of of certain players. Uh, the exception being guys like Russell Gage. If I if I had trusted the uh, ownership projection, I probably would have just let it ride and gotten a lot more Russell Gage than I did.
0: Right. I mean, if you take a look at, at, at Alex's, it's number one, Cop, Higby, Fournette, Montgomery, Gage, Diggs, Geronik, Jacobs is way over the field. I mean, like, I'm just listing off the exact stuff that I saw before, but then I'm, I'm looking at his exact lineups. So let me switch over. Because it's more about lineups, not players. Okay, so his top lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this is a contrarian. I mean, obviously, a lot of the lineups that he had were contrarian, but he had an 86 place lineup that Carr, Jacobs, Hollins, Adams, a super stack of the Raiders, mm-hmm. uh, with Devontae Parker, Stefan Diggs, Houston defense, Cordell Patterson. So a lot of, a lot of single digit, a, a field ownership total of 73, right? But yeah, and then I mean, yeah. once we look at the top, we're going to see a lot of like contrarian builds, but like I see a lot, I'm scrolling through and very similar players are sticking together. So like regardless of like this next lineup is a Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Kendrick Bourne, Mark Andrews, three plus one. Mm-hmm. What, what what are the one-offs in the lineup? Fournette, Cup, Gage. Right. Right? Like so so you take a look and you see it's like you go through some of these. Fournette gauge Pitts, right? Even, even these are, these are super stacks. Allen, Singletary, Diggs, Davis. No Dolphins. So it's like you take, you, if you scroll through, just scroll through the lineups and you'd see Montgomery, Gage together. I mean, like, I'm not just looking for like, oh, well, are they going to be played in stacks? It's like, okay, the next lineup. Fournette, Gage, Cup, Dobbs, right? Uh, here's, here's one. Fournette, Sanders, Gage, Hollins, Cup. Here's Cup, uh, Gage, right? You can just see so much like, obviously had a lot of Gage, but a lot of Gage is with Fournette, and a lot of Gage is with Jacobs, and a lot of Gage is with Cup. Like a lot of Higby. <laughs> obviously, Higby and Cup because he's playing a ton of Ram stacks. Yeah. But, like Higby and Fournette, like I, to just see the comparative ownership, I'm not sure if we could do this per person. Let me just take a look at. Uh, no, I can't do it. I, I could I can do it in in the, the Excel, but not in Results DB. Of seeing it's like how many how many gauge in just the gate. What was the exposure of all the other players in Russell Gage lines? Right. And if like if that and answer like eighty percent cup. cup, it's like this is what I'm not saying. What he's doing is is wrong. This is not a right or wrong thing. It's a more of or less of thing that that the variance factor of his portfolio is very heavily dependent on certain player combinations. Meaning that, let's say, for instance, like uh, Cooper Cup did, you know, put up 45, right? It's like, okay, Cooper Cup, you're going to need Cooper Cup to win. But it Mm -hmm. turns out that, like, he has 60 Cooper Cup lineups and 55 have Russell Gage and Russell Gage has two points. Right. So it's like the fact that you have all the Cooper Cup like, dude, Isn't you need Cooper Cup and Russell Gage. That's going to matter more to you than just one or just the other. But it could yep. be that depending on how you play your lineup portfolio, that you could play out of 150 lineups, you could play 75 Cup lineups and 75 and 75 Gage lineups and only have them combined in a 20 total lineups. So yeah. it's like, if one does well or one doesn't, like... You still have more of your lineups have one or the other, right? There's, the individual lineups are fine. It's just a matter of how much variance do you want in your portfolio. And then right. what other types of lineups are you competing against? So for instance, if everyone, let's use the exaggerated example. Let's say that the, the, the source of truth for everything is stochastic projections. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone was looking at. And they weren't aware that other people were looking at the same thing. So there's no mm. sense of like, well, they know what I know what they know, that type of thing. What ends up happening is that, like, okay, our projections say that that Stafford stacks, right? Stafford stacks with no run back and Russell Gage and Josh Jacobs are like that that those are good lineups. Yeah. How many combinations of the other players are there? I mean, like, imagine if instead of Instead of the two hundred and thirty-six thousand six hundred and twenty-seven entries just being, like maybe one percent of the entries is based around people that use stochastic projections, and let's just say it's a hundred percent. Like Stafford would, like Cooper Cup would have been like thirty percent owned on this slate. Yeah, right? he. I mean, he wasn't, but I'm just saying it. It would end up happening that yeah. way. And then right. what? Com- like Then it's like, well, how do I play thirty? How do I play a ton of Cooper Cup but just not play it with? Russell Gage and Leonard Fournette and Higby. So I,
1: I agree with together. you that uh, that there is no right or wrong in terms of how you're doing these matrices. But also, I generally go from the perspective of I don't want my lineup set to look exactly like everybody else who is using stochastic projections mm-hmm. uh, because even though, you know, I think they're they're great projections and even though it's, you know, as you say, maybe 1% of the field in a field of, 250,000 people, that's still 2,500 people that I need to, that I'm competing against. If I'm using the exact same projections as everybody else doing everything the exact same way. So I do try to change up my matrices a little bit there. So, um, so seeing that, you know, that I have essentially the same players sticking together does feel like a little bit of a leak to me.
0: Right. But then sometimes but I'd you like see to look these on. Alex lineups, like he's using super stacks, and that's much less. Like now, now you now you're reducing that. So like, this is a spectrum. You could do you could do one thing. You do like I mean, here's here's a Marcus Mariota, Cordell Patterson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. So mm-hmm. four man stack with no Seahawks run back. So he's just running four plus zeros. It's like, does it? Well, this lineup doesn't have anyone of the top. It had, this is extremely contrarian. Fifty two ownership sum, but some of these lineups I look at and I go just based on like the fact that you're stacking kind of overstacking Brady fournette gage Perriman, feel free to have Cooper cup in that lineup I mean like his Damian Harris and Cooper cup okay fine then right right that even though gage is in this lineup and fournette is in this lineup it's like well also Perriman's in this lineup and also Andrews at two percent to tight end is in this line it's like as a total lineup this particular lineup I'm, I'm I look at the lineups. I'm like, that's fine. I'm not a big fan of the super stacks for large field GPPs, the Mm -hmm. four plus zeros. But, I mean, they get there some percentage of the time. But, I mean, I'm just looking through the individual lineups. And then I could look at yours. Uh, Let me go back to NC or field.
1: I mean, looking at Alex's lineups, I'm guessing that they're going to be good, large. <laughs> I mean, he, he knows what he's doing, obviously, and he's uh, simming it out. So I'm guessing that he's playing those Super Stacks approximately how much you should be playing those Super right. Stacks.
0: Right. And I take a look at, you know, I'm, I want to basically want to take a look at like your Russell Gage lineups. I mean, like, look, take a look at this lineup. I mean, this is a lineup that came in 2596. Mm-hmm. Carr, Adams, Hollins. Right. You got uh you got Derrick Henry as a run 3 plus 1 with Henry there. You got Mo- Raheem Mostert and Stefan Diggs across from him, right? And then you got uh Kyle Pitts one off and Russell Gage in the New England defense. Ownership some 75. So like like even though Diggs and Gage are highly correlated, but I mean take a look at the rest of this lineup. You're playing a 4% Derrick Henry already in a three-man yeah. Raiders stack that is all single digit owned. Like, what's wrong with having twenty-six percent owned Stefan Diggs in this lineup, and Russell Gage, who would, who if you knew was only three, right. three. No, like that percent, sounds like a good would lineup to me. Jam into as many lineups as possible. So I look, I look at this individual lineup and be like, okay, this yeah. is fine. Here's a Gage pit. Here's another Gage Cup lineup. Mariota, Patterson, Pitts, Rashad Penny. Okay, these are all. This is a fifty-seven percent ownership sum lineup. Yet you still have Cup and Gage in it. Mm-hmm. But that's perfectly fine because look at the rest. Look at the rest right. of The combination is overowned based on stochastic projections, but like the lineup makes sense. Like I'm I'm looking through. Yep. It's like the ownership here's an 89 percent ownership sum lineup. It's Hurts, AJ Brown, Logan Thomas. Then it has uh, for it still has Fournette, Cup, and Hig- has Cup and Higby together. But that's still perfectly fine. Has AJ, mm-hmm. has Ramondre Stevenson at 2%. Like this is all, this ownership sum is 89.8. And I take a look and I go, well, you still have Fournette and Higby together, which is on the top of my list of correlative stochastic players. But in the rest of what's yep. this lineup, like, like the individual lineup right. is still perfectly fine. Yeah, I, mean. I guess that's true.
1: Overall, even though I have individual players sticking together, it's not like I'm getting the same lineups as, as Alex or other people necessarily. So. Yeah, I guess that's okay. I'm I'm
0: looking through him. It's like, okay, here's a 108. Right? This would be on the higher end. You have Hertz naked. Yeah, Hertz naked with Logan Thomas on the other side. You're not even aware you had this line.
1: Huh, I didn't. That was unintentional. I don't think that I meant to run out.
0: Yeah, I I think that I, I
1: intended for Hertz to be with at least one pass catcher. but
0: Right, so Hertz... Thomas, and then you have... I mean, I believe you.
1: I just... That, that was probably an error in my process.
0: Right. Okay, so this lineup... let fuck this lineup, then. Hurts, Kamara, Fournette, Diggs, Amon Ross, a. Brown, <laughs> Matt Collins, Logan Thomas, Kyle Pitts, Arizona defense. Seems like a very weird Interesting, lineup. okay. This, this seems like a lineup that maybe you cut and paste wrong or something. Does any of this make sense?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh... I'm pretty sure... In the rules that I attempted to set, even Hertz should have been with one pass catcher. He he was one that was supposed to be in a bucket of players that require one pass catcher and uh, a run back. And it just seems like he's missing that pass catcher.
0: Do you feel exposed that I'm going through your lineups one by one? Still has the run back. Right. Oh, here's a here's a Carr super stack. You know, super stack. Carr, Jacobs, Adams, Waller, with Derrick Henry. Right. You have Brandon Cooks, Ben Skoranek, because he's your boy. uh, The Jets defense. Darren Waller, you have Waller. I mean, like, here's two of the higher correlated players in stochastic projections, Gage and Jets defense. But look at this lineup. It has an ownership sum of 41. Right? So feel free. Play the Jets and Gage. I mean, like, I'm making the point of, like, like, from without looking at the individual lineups, I can look at your exposures and go, wow, you seem to play a lot of combinations that were kind of correlated with other stochastic projection type. These are the... I mean right. I was correct. When I read out those names, I'm like, here are the players that are gonna to stick together most in your lineups. And I was correct. They are sticking yeah. the most together. But you're also building lineups that even though they stick together, they the rest of the lineup is otherwise contrary and I'm I mean even probably even more contrary yeah. than it even needs to be for that. So I'm not seeing
1: So I'm I'm okay with it as long as it's two players sticking together. So it sounds like most of these have like right. two to three players from that grid who stick together. And as long as those are spread out somewhat, so it's not like every Russell gauge lineup has Cooper cup in it. For example, right. if Russell Gage is paired with one of those players from that matrix in each lineup, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I just don't want it to be the same player in every
0: one. Right. Well, that, but that's a kind of what, that's exactly how I build my lineup. So like, like I will, I will put, take levels of players and go level one, like, max of one. Level two, max of two. Level three, max of three. Level four, max of four. Like, just so I don't get... Like, like I don't want more than one of these three players. And those three players were, were Fournette, Montgomery, and Diggs. Then on the next thing, mm-hmm. I'm like, here's six players, including those three, that I don't want more than two of. So, like, it's not one of each. So, it's like, it's perfectly fine. Like, players, you know, ABC, max of one. Then A B C D E F max of two, and that max of two could mean one of A B and C, and then one of D E and F, or it could just be two of D E and F, and have zero of A B or C. Which I'm perfectly fine because then I'm fading the three chalkiest players on the slate, and I'm fine with that lineup also. So I'm going through, yeah. and I'm making those numbers all based on on aggregate projections, based on project. I mean, essentially, I'm building those groups based on that. And that's why, like the only the only player that didn't that made one group that shouldn't have made that group, is Miles Sanders. Like everyone, literally everyone else. And that's because he
1: had his ownership projection wrong. Right, because right, right.
0: If Sanders would have made the first group rather than the second group, and he ended up making the second group, and because he made the because he made my anti group, he ended up in way more lineups, right. And then then I set a border on the ownership minute and ownership max. Just so I don't get, you know, tops and bottoms of my sets being all screwed up. Uh, and then I built mm-hmm. 300 and I, I played 85 large field lineups. And I just, I trimmed it. I used the Excel tools and I trimmed it down from there. There you go. Nice. Uh,
1: I mean, it sounds like a good process and right. and it obviously worked out.
0: I mean, I made 4%. So like, it's it's not like it worked, worked out, but I mean. It I mean,
1: in GPPs, if you make 4%, that's a great Sunday. Right. And then you made a lot in cash, which obviously is unrelated, but helps
0: right but the thing that the the thing that i i i like about this and that's why uh i don't know what i'm gonna i don't don't know how i have to figure out nba for this because jesus christ i mean 625 someone's out it's like everything you just might as well throw everything out right at that point uh yeah it's really
1: tough for nba i would imagine but also these groups have to be like instead of you know only two from this group it's gonna have to be like you can only have five out of these six players for NBA a lot of the time because the projections are so good
0: right uh, but no, but the thing is is that this from i I did like a a, a simple test I basically did I did two different processes mm-hmm. uh because my old process would would involve like projection versus ownership, which is still a still perfectly good blunt methodology but the the problem with that is that the ownership sums are not a don't I mean we all we all know ownership sum is a flaw because like, Oh yeah, here's an mm. ownership sum of a hundred. And it's basically all, it's all 2020, 2021, 20, 20, one, like, like it's basically, here's a cash lineup with two, 1% owned players and it gets under your threshold, but you don't want to be a sick. You don't have the six same players as everyone else in their lineups. Right. You'd rather have that ownership sum, but a four V four rather than a one V one, right. Or a five V like, so right. how do I get to that point without weeding out those lineups manually, this is what I'm doing. I mean, like, I'm forcing the 4v4. I'm, I'm saying basically eliminate all those lineups so I don't have to weed through. Here's a cash lineup with a 1% owned player or two 1% owned players. I'm not allowing it to even build those lineups so I don't have to worry about, like, a max or or or, or ownership. I don't like, well, I want to build lineups at uh, 110% or 80%. And it's like, well, if you do that, like, I take a look at, like, I'm just going to pull up one of your lineups. Sure. And uh, let's see, something with uh, just a normal stack, right? Okay, like a, like here's an 83.7. Stafford, Higby, Cup, Dortch. Then you got Fournette, Gage, Pierce, Thomas, and Seattle defense. Okay? Mm-hmm. 83.7, perfectly fine. I could see, I, I could totally see building these lines. I mean, I could have a lineup just like this. Perfectly fine. Uh, like, imagine an 83.7 lineup that instead of playing, like, you have Stafford Higby Cup, and then you're also playing David Montgomery, and you're playing Mac Hollins, and you're playing the, the, the Jaguars defense in it. It's like... And then instead of playing, like, like Damian Pierce, I play, like, 0.5% owned, like, like whatever, I don't even know. Gerald Herbert. Right, or Khalil, mm. right, Cal- like, something like that. Or instead of Michael Thomas, even at 5.8%, I play 0.2% owned, name a third receiver, Ashton Doolin. Yeah. slate, Or, you know, something like that. Like, it would come in under 90, right? But sure. it would have, yeah. basically, it's like, oh, I look at the lineup and I go, wow, well, I like six of the players, and what the fuck are these four guys doing in here? Like, it just, yeah. like... That's the only way you could get ownership down, and you're like, yeah, it actually does fit. It does fit the parameters that I put in, but that's not really the types of lineups I'm looking to make. As I said before, I would normally manually weed those out, but yeah, like, I feel as once I put things through the correlation matrix, I don't have to weed those out. I mean, I I literally don't have to weed those out at all. I just have to make right. the judgment calls of what players should be in what groups and how many I should I allow. In every so, like, could I have played lineups that had Digs, Fournette, and Montgomery in them? Yes, of course. All three of them together, absolutely. But then I have to rely on the fact of finding these two percent dome players that project well enough. And I'm like, I could build a thousand of these lineups. I'm just choosing not to play those. So I'm automatically before I start saying, I just don't. I'm just not going to consider those lineups. And then I could play two out of the three and still consider those lineups. I just I looked at what I was doing and I said. I, I'm just going to build lineups the of one of these guys, right? And just, as a, as a, cause I, I built 5,000 lineups. So, I mean, I could, I could pick anything. I could, I could, pe- I could build 15,000 and 5,000 with two of them and 5,000 with three of them. I still have to get it down to 85 lineups. So I'm just automatically right out of the Okay. Nope. Exit out. Cause that's what, cause people ask me, it's like, well, do you do a max one? Do you do a max two? It's like, you could do anything you want. But remember, if you do a, if you allow all three players in the in the lineup, you better boost your exposure to two percent own whoever the hell and some one percent own defense and some running. But you know you're play, you're playing Rashad Pen, Penny and 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 Raheem Mostert in that running back slots in order to get it down. You're playing fucking someone. I mean, some one percent own whatever the fuck. It's like, are those the lineups you want to build? Or right. can I find lineups that have the same ownership some, share less of the players, but I'm not playing one percent owned guys. I'm just playing a lot more of like the three to six percent on guys with some ten right. and and maybe one twenty percent owned guy, rather than having this barbell in ownership in my lineup. I'm just choosing to eliminate those lineups.
1: Yeah, no, I I like the approach. I'm every time we talk about it i think maybe i should overhaul my nfl process cuz i spend so much time making nfl lineups more than, more than any other you sport you can't
0: neil you won the millie you can't
1: that's a good point yeah i won the millie so i can't can't ever change anything um yeah no i i could probably i could probably do some things more efficiently it sounds like what you're doing is kind of what i'm trying to do in a more efficient way um so it probably probably would make some sense for me to overhaul my process a little bit i could probably save save myself some time and potentially make some better lineups
0: as well Jalen Hurts, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson, Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, Russell Gage, Dawson Knox, Kyle Pitts, Las Vegas defense. There's another Hurts.
1: Yeah, so I think that I just missed adding Hurts to my new, like like I made a, a secondary grouping that said, you know, these quarterbacks you can make, uh, you, you need to have at least one pass catcher with them. And I so, so my main group was for all of these quarterbacks, or for, for every uh, quarterback, you should always have at least two, wide receiver or tight ends. And then I exclude you know certain number, certain teams from that list. And then I made another group that was for these quarterbacks, you should have at least one wide receiver or tight end instead of two. Uh, and then I it was supposed to be an include only of the teams that were excluded from the first one potentially. Um, although there were some that I also included running back. So not, not an exact science, but I think that Hertz was meant to be in a group that said uh, for these uh, include at least one wide receiver or tight end, uh, include only these teams. And I just left out Philly, apparently.
0: right. My, my, my best lineup in the Millie, and remember, I bet 85, like, I don't know which lineups are going to go where, right? Because I built 40 for the Millie, 40 for the slant, and then 5 for the $33 five max. And, it, and essentially, it's random. The mm. 85 lineups randomly go wherever. Uh, but the best lineup in the Millie that I had was uh, Hertz, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Curtis Samuel, as the, as the stack combination. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Austin Hooper in tight, the tight end spot at 0. .7% owned. And then I had uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Russell Gage, and the Jacksonville defense. Russell Gage. Sounds like a good lineup. Like that wasn't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I got 5% owned Devantis because I had, Hertz was my number one quarter. Like I, Hurts, only because I found that. It's like, yeah, Hertz is going to be owned, but like, He's not gonna be stacked as much as he should be stacked. And of course, the 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 command is Carson Wentz is awful. So basically the entire the second half, the Eagles just took off. And they just said, Do we have to even do anything here? Like, yeah. is, they, they ain't coming back. Like, just do don't do anything. And then my worst lineup, uh my worst lineup in the Millie is worse than your worst lineup in the Millie. Oh your worst lineup was sixty-one, my worst lineup was fifty-four. And it was uh, Tua, Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, with Gabe Davis as the runback. I had Sanders in the Philadelphia D together. A lot of good correlations here. Right. And then I had uh, Hawkinson in the tight end spot and Justin Jefferson. Across Another correlation. Back. Okay. Yep. Right. And then uh, my one-off of Kendrick Bourne at 3,600.
1: Sounds like a phenomenal lineup.
0: Right other than the fact that the that the dolphins didn't do anything enough and uh the the vikings uh, put up 28 points and uh if you played anyone from the game uh you didn't get anywhere yeah. <laughs> it correct did bad. like no matter how you stacked that game up you lost
1: yeah <laughs> One of my favorite games to stack, and it just did not work out at all. Right. I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals, too. The Bengals was like, I love the Bengals. I talked about it on every show I was on. I love the Bengals this week. And, you know, they, they come out firing right away, looking good. They throw a touchdown that looks like a touchdown to T. Higgins. That's That gets called back. And then, of course, Joe Burrow said, throws a touchdown and said to Samaji Pirine. It's like, nobody played Samaji Pirine. That doesn't help at all.
0: Jelani they, uh, Woods on the Colts, right? When yeah. I have Pittman, it's like, oh, Jelani Woods, first touchdown. It's like, nope. And then he scores another one. It's like, yeah, I played, dude. If I would have chose a tight end from the Card- from the Colts, if I was playing Matt Ryan stacks, it would have been Mo Alley Cox or Kalen Granson.
1: I played I think, both of those guys. Right, you yeah.
0: played both of them, and then it's like Jelani Woods has two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I didn't even realize he had two touchdowns. That yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> that's chilting.
0: Right. No, the troll touch. I don't. I, and I never mind the troll touchdowns as much. Like to me, people get upset at the troll touchdowns. Uh I was in Showdown, you. Know, I love the troll touchdowns because typically yeah, I have the, the I, I, I have the trolls. Uh yeah. but the troll touchdowns don't hurt you as much as you think. So like what ends up happening because right, nobody has them. Right. No, but the thing is that people get upset. They'll go like something like this. They'll uh they'll have uh they'll have uh Michael Pittman or something and Jelani Woods, or they'll have uh, uh, Derek uh Derrick Henry, right? And then Tannehill gets a sneak. And you're like, damn it! Or Jeff Swa—it's a—it's a play action, Jeff Swaim, tight end corner play. And both of like, these happened
1: in the game yesterday.
0: Right. Well, Tannehill may actually be owned because he's a quarterback, but it's like True. Jeff Swaim, ain't owned. So it's like you're upset. People get upset. It's like, oh, it took away my Derrick Henry touchdown. Rather than the fact of like, like you could still get there with Derrick Henry. The thing is, you don't have to worry about Jeff Swaim really. Like it's not, it's not from a relative value standpoint. It's not Jelani Wood scoring. Like it's not like if you just check you're currently winning after Jelani Wood scores, it ain't going to move. Right. Right. Even though it took away a potential touchdown from one of your players, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, like really it doesn't move. What would move more is like, if you played zero Miles Sanders and he scores a touchdown Like that's way worse than you than getting vultured
1: or James Robinson, the better example for me yesterday, going off at 23% owned in the afternoon slate.
0: Oh, in the afternoon slate. I'm like James Robinson wasn't 23% owned. No, no. In the afternoon slate. Oh, because the afternoon slate, you had barely had anyone to choose. I didn't play the afternoon yeah.
1: slate. Yeah, Patterson. Yeah, we didn't have that that many great options, but he was still... And th- I mean, this was an example of the stochastic projections, didn't like him at all. And a lot of times, you know, in those afternoon slates in particular, I'm willing to get weird and I'm willing to play some guys who the projections don't like. But he was one that I was just like, he's too expensive. Like, what are the odds he's going to beat me on this slate? So I didn't play him.
0: And then, of course, it goes off. Uh, so anything else on this slate? Anything? Did we, did we learn anything?
1: Did we learn anything from this? Slide? That is a good question. Sounds like uh, most of the good, like the pros did well in cash. I heard a couple other people say so, that they did well in cash on Twitter. Um, I didn't change my yeah, cash. Like I,
0: it's one of the rare times that I may, I set both of my lineups Saturday night. And I was confident. Like I, I went in very confident in both cash lines. And there were some 2 be 2 I mean, it was like the, the, on DraftKings. Uh obviously if you played Mac Hollins as your punt, you won, essentially. I mean, uh to me to me, uh fuck the running backs. Yeah, fuck the I'm, running I, backs. I, 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 on on DraftKings, fuck the running backs. On FanDuel, the running backs are fine because it's touchdown dependent. Uh I didn't I didn't even consider playing three running backs on, on DraftKings cash. Like, I just want I just want wide receivers and once you plug in the guys that are going to be the most owned, so once you plug in Montgomery, Fournette, Stefan Diggs, Irv Smith, and you're playing some deep. You're either playing the Jags, or the Panthers, you're playing some, you know, something down there, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, now what do you do? So it's like you're you're probably playing Hurts or Allen, right? You got frisky by playing Mariota if you want, but I ain't I ain't going to war with Marcus Mariota. So you plug in Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, and then next thing you know, it's like the only way to make these lineups really work. And then do you want Amon Ross St. Brown at 7,200? And it's like, yes, I want him like just, I, I don't want to, I know he's going to be owned. He may end up being a $9,000 receiver. Just, just give him it. I'm, i I'm not, I ain't, I ain't fucking around. Like I, I I'll yeah. right. I ain't fuck. And then once you do that, it's like the only way to play a lineup now is by playing someone that's under 4k. And the choices essentially from a projected standpoint, where paramin at 3,900 Dobbs at 3,800 and Hollins at 3,300. Mm-hmm. And if I played uh, Dobbs or Perriman, I would have had to play either Brandon Cooks or Juju Smith-Schuster, 5,500 or 5,800. I couldn't play T. Higgins. Looking, I I said, if I could fill my three wide receiver spots with Diggs, Amon Ra, and T. Higgins fucking run me down. I don't give a fuck. Like like I I ain't playing around yeah. with with the Texans player getting passes from Davis Mills and playing against the Bears. I so don't you know played you, Matt Collins. Right. So I played Mac because the difference between Mac Collins and Dubs and Perriman, I'm like, dude, if these were, it, what happens if all three were the same price? Let's say they're all with 3300. Mm-hmm. Dude, I f- feel free to just close your eyes, pick out of a hat and that's the person that that scores the most points. Like don't tell me you know which, which is going to be which. Right. Right. So, like, if that's the case, why not play? keep the 500 so you could play T. Higgins yep. and not have to deal with Mahomes throwing to 8 million receivers and who knows what happens with Juju. I mean, you know, I don't know. All I know yep. is that T. Higgins is going to get targets, right? Like, they're playing the Jets. So just give, just give it to me. He has a 68, 70, 70 receiving yard prop while the other two have 50s. Like, just fucking, I, I'm not dealing with this shit right? So give me Mac Hollins. And there you go. Panthers defense block that shit. I'm fucking done. Let that nice. say, and the same thing happened very similarly on FanDuel on FanDuel. I just plug, plug in the, plug in the guys. You're plugging in Diggs. You're plugging in my Ross St. Brown. You're, you're plug, you're plugging in some cheap defense. You're plugging in hurts over Allen. Cause he was much cheaper 600 or something cheaper. Plug him in. You're probably now running back wise play Damian Pierce is too cheap on, on Fanduel at 5800 so you plug him in cuz you can't you just care about opportunities and and goal line carries and and work rate so like I want to play Dalvin Cook, Damian Pierce and Leonard Fournette right just like give me all those three right cuz Cook was like 100 more than Mixon it's like but Cook is in a better game so give me fucking mm-hmm. Cook right and then once you plug in all those guys it's like okay what's left so it's that my choice was I wanted to play either Pick, Pitts, or Higby. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I did that and still played the Jaguars with the cheapest defense, so you can't go any cheaper than that. I would have preferred to play the Bengals' defense, but that was $400 more. But if I plug in the Jaguars' defense and then played Pitts, I would have had to play Elijah Moore at my third wide receiver. So basically a $5,500 wide receiver. And I looked at that and I said... Do I want Elijah Moore or do I want Juju at 6,100? Right? And the difference would be either I play Higby or Pitts or I play Zach Ertz. So I said, what's the the hugest difference between Pitts, Higby, and Ertz? Other than Er, Higby's on a better offense, right? Mm -hmm. Pitts has more upside. Right. But... Who with run no Ryan Del Moore and, and Kyler Murray throwing the ball I mean Ertz is Ertz is getting targets. I mean like Yeah. He's not no yak, he's just gonna fall down, but I mean he's gonna he's not gonna not catch the ball and he gets end zone targets. So Yeah. So it's like, is that enough for the five hundred? But I see it feels so much more comfortable with Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Juju. I
1: thought no. you just said you weren't comfortable with that on DraftKings.
0: No, not based on that construction. Sure. Right, because I I have no other options on this. It's like at the sixty one hundred yeah. dollar price, right? like T Higgins was seventy three hundred on Fanduel. Like okay. I can't yeah. play T Higgins, right? I can't like I'm I'm either playing Juju or DJ Moore, and it's like what do I what do I feel more confident in? on a touchdown? Because remember this is more touchdown dependent yeah, site. So I'm deal. like, do I think the Chiefs are going to score or the Jets are going to score, especially through the air? I'm like, give me Juju, give me get Instead of Elijah Moore, give me Juju if that matters on a Higby or Ertz. and and like, and you just that's it. That like, like. So I what, what was your game. what was
1: your success rate in cash games on DraftKings versus FanDuel? Because it sounds far? like that was a better lineup. I mean, you, you said that you won like ninety four percent of your cash games. On it sounds to Kings, me like they're ninety
0: four percent on FanDuel. Oh, on, on DraftKings. Okay,
1: okay. Uh, w- I am guessing that the lineups that beat you on DraftKings were not lineups that you would have considered for cash games.
0: Pretty, yeah, pretty much.
1: Okay, because I'm, I'm just trying to think of like what, which cash game options would I have considered that ended up doing well, and it, I don't think there were that many. No,
0: no, you could have played. You could basically you could have played Juju. Uh, you could have played Juju Allen lineup state. They, they were very close to each other. Uh, okay. You could have played. Uh, who else was in that range? Like, if you ended up on Russell Gage, I guess Mariota lineups
1: could have been. No, yeah, Mariota,
0: but the problem is you would have paid up for someone that didn't score much better than. Yeah, Like, like the lineups that you should have the, really the lineups that you, that you could have played, I looked into it, but I, of playing, don't play Hollins, play Hollins and Romeo Dobbs, double pay down at wide receiver. And then you pay up for Allen, you play for Allen Diggs, and then you pay up at one a running back slot to like Dalvin cook or something like that. Or Joe Mixon and play, and that but that would be a three running back type of line. I just looked at that and I said said no I'm not I'm not going to war with two two of the punt wide receivers yeah that we don't know anything about like no I ain't I ain't doing that but so like or you could have played Pierce I think no lineups that beat me played a three running back build with Pierce everyone okay. played Montgomery so it didn't matter that he only had one point yeah. uh, but uh, I think lineups that beat me in head to heads by like three points played basically they played Pierce instead of uh Instead of the Amon Ross and Brown, no. Instead of playing Higgins, type or, or someone like in that range, they played mm-hmm. Pierce in the utility and then paid up for Allen, and had okay. the Panthers defense also. So didn't yeah go yeah that seems something reasonable. like yeah it was it was cl- like that's why that's why I had such a high a uh, win rate and obviously I swept all the, it didn't matter the double ups and the triple ups and every I, yeah, I, I right all of them. Fanduel was a little bit different because Fanduel uh, I lost by like two points to some Pitts lineups. Okay. Right. So, like, they so they would have pits, and then some other combination. Uh, I obviously beat out the Mixon lineups. Uh, I I beat out the Montgomery lineups if you played Montgomery on Fanduel, but uh, like, I don't know what lineups. Like, there, there was a lineup that was I because I saw it in some fifty fifties that there were come there were like you know two or three people that I recognize. Mm -hmm. that had a lineup that was like three points higher than me. And I remember looking at it earlier in the day, and it was a Pitts lineup. So whatever Pitts lineup on FanDuel that allowed you to get down somewhere, like maybe they played Juju and they didn't play Amon Ross St. Brown, they played someone else in that spot. (coughs) Or, Or no, no, I think it was, no, no, it was a Greg Dortch lineup. That's what it was. So they paid down. They, instead of playing Elijah Moore, that's what it was. Now, now, now I know exactly. I know exactly what it was. It was my lineup, but instead of Juju, they played Dortch. Saved a thousand. Came up from Ertz to Pitts for five hundred, right? Mm-hmm. And then came up from the Jaguars at thirty-two hundred to the Bengals at thirty-six hundred. Okay. Left a hundred on the table. That and that was the lineup.
1: Yeah, that seems reasonable.
0: Right. You could, you could see, you could see uh, like uh, this conversation, like going through all of this for the cash games Mm -hmm. should make, and obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't think that there's a collusion chat or anything like that. Like I had the same lineup as Adam Levitan, right? Yeah. I've never had a conversation with him. I've literally, I've never had a conversation with him. So it's like, like uh, Bryce, like third and Schlong. he even posted, it's like, Oh, swept, whatever like that. He showed part of his lineup. Once I saw the part of his lineup that had all those three wide receivers and Irv Smith in it, I'm like, I just replied and said, yep, got, I collusion chat for the win. Right. (laughs) And then people are like, (coughs) well, how the hell did you get on Matt Collins? Or how the hell did you get this type of thing? And it's like, dude, there aren't that many combinations of like, we all know, like even my Gilcast predictions, like I know that all three of them are competent cash players, but they all play. A, I know what style they play in. Like mm-hmm. in the Cash, you have Davis, who I know that he's doing the daily roto projections. So like I could I could tell what he's gonna play. Uh, Nate typically plays more like me, so mm-hmm. it's like if it's just the nut. Don't think about football. It's just like I just know the numbers. I'm looking at a spreadsheet and okay, what would what would he do? And then Sammy's the kind of like the wild card of like, huh. he's going to play some pun tight end no one's playing. He's going to pay up for... He always pays up for alphas, right? That's the that's okay. like, oh, no, I I ain't playing that guy. I, I got to play this guy instead. So prioritizing that. So, like, I could easily tell. It's like, okay, I know Davis is going to have Romeo Dubs and Juju Smith-Schuster in his lineup. Number one, because I know Davis is high on Juju, and I know that the yeah. Daily Road of Projections have Dubs in more of their optimals than Mac Hollins. So it's like, okay, what... Once you do that, it's like, well, I know he has Irv Smith and I know he has Stefan Diggs and I know what one of the two quarterbacks I know both of the running back slots. Like once you start plugging that in, what are the like what other lineups could he have? It's like it's like there's like three lineups that are, are viable at that mm-hmm. point. It's just like, which one which one either he went up to Allen and down to Jaguars or up to, to like it's like one of those things. And then you look at Nate and you go, Okay, Nate played Mac Collins, I'm sure of it. It's just a matter of like did he play Damian Pierce because he likes playing three running backs because of opportunities? And I'm like, okay, yeah. what type of lineups can he build? And it's like, well, they're plugging in, you know, Hurts or Allen. They're plugging in Fournette and Montgomery. They're plugging in Dig. Like, like, like half of the lineup is or, is like pre filled out. So I how saw
1: you making Gilcast be? predictions on Twitter. I don't think I'm. I i do not know if I've ever seen the Gilcast. I'm not really familiar with the. It's a, a podcast, I assume.
0: Yeah, you don't. Our YouTube it's show a long, long, long time. Fan, it used to be on Fantasy Insiders.
1: Oh, really? It's a long yeah. time show. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So
0: now R, RG kind of hosts it, and they. It's a. It's a review okay. podcast. It's a review. They typically do it Sunday night or Monday morning, but it's called the Gilk. It's It's related to the cast. I mean, these are all okay. like Fantasy Insiders. It's It's sure. half half. It's more entertainment than anything. Okay. Right. The Swolecast. I mean, I've seen the
1: cast, I'm familiar right. with the cast. But yeah. it's the
0: same same type of uh uh, of, of feel right? Yeah. Vibe. Okay. But it's basically, they call it guild cast because they're all fish. Like the whole, the whole. Oh, I see. I see. That, okay. that, That's that, funny. Here's, here's our lineup in cash games for NFL. And we're just going to say how, how bad or how great it was and rationalize our, our, our lineups and yell at each other and say, call each other fish <laughs> for doing yeah. whatever they did. Right. So like, it's, it's, it's like, and, and they're decent cash players. So it's like, I know right, right. they're, they're going to play something reasonable. Just which, which based on their personalities, which ones, and yeah. that's why I could typically buy uh by like six o'clock, and I'm like, okay, what would make for the most entertaining podcast or whatever like that? Okay, okay, Davis played Juju, right? He obviously played Juju, and he obviously played Dubs because I know the Daily Road of projections, but then he had to swap because because he didn't play Mac Hall because he didn't play Mac Collins, and and so it's like okay, he has Fournette, he's probably going to change to like Connor or something like mm-hmm. that, and it turns out I was I was I was correct. But he changed yeah. from the Jags defense to the Packers defense, and and uh, Fournette to to AJ Dillon. So it's like okay, so got correlation okay. there. And went, Okay, I get I get it, right? So yeah. right, and and Sammy and uh, had, had to do a very similar thing also. And then I was right with Nate. Nate didn't play Damian Pierce, but it's like Nate played Ma- Nate played Mac Collins, but he also played Brandon Cooks instead of T Higgins. So he hmm. barely cashed. But the fact that he played Mac Hollins at thirty three points, like. And he's, and he's only like 30, 33% owned in the double ups. Like you probably got there with Matt Collins. It's like, so because it's entertaining and I, and I've been, I've been listening to that since 2016. I mean, since. Has
1: it been the same three guys the whole time? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I'll check it out.
0: Right. So, and it's, 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 it's you're not going to learn anything. It's I, okay. the, the best combination is when they all, yeah, no, the best combination is, is, uh, that because they, they, there's always the, the the matrix like the word the least entertaining show is when all three of them win.
1: Yeah, there's right? no fun in that.
0: Right, there's no fun in that. the set the the most the, the most entertaining show typically is when all three of them lose. Sure, but that's that's low key not the best. Personally, for me, the two best are one for me it's when Nate wins and and Davis and Sammy don't. That's the most entertaining, because <laughs> I'm typically on Nate's side. Uh, okay. But then the most entertaining only because of their personalities. Like, Net, Nate is the least assuming personality. So when he wins and, and Davis and Sammy don't, like, you don't take advantage of it. Like, Nate will explain why, and then Nate, well, we can't do that. But it's like, well... He's not rubbing it in the whole right, time? Right, he's not rubbing it in. But, well, when okay. Davis and Sammy both win and Nate loses, like... Like all it all it is is a pile on on how bad Nate's lineup was, and typically their their Nate's lineup is probably my lineup, right? It's <laughs> probably probably very close to what I played. Nice, also.
1: <laughs> that does sound fun. I'll have to tune in for those ones. Yeah, hear them shitting on your lineup,
0: right? So so t- t- subscribe to the Roto Daily Fantasy Football feed and whatever. No, you you get you get a kick at it. Pick picture the picture the Stochastic Review Show. Right If it was just uh you know like with if Adam and Josh were just going over their cash lineups right. and shitting all over themselves <laughs> like that that, that <laughs> yeah. that's that's pretty much all it yeah is.
1: Interesting, okay,
0: and they'll wrestle, and and you could learn like if you want if you want you know it's it's not like you're not gonna learn anything but you're gonna learn through like right. osmosis of like, well, yeah. why would did they think a certain thing of like like Davis is like like Matt Collins is the worst value play ever because we're just assuming something it's like he's a 7 year veteran that uh, whatever like and he doesn't even play the same like route tree as Hunter Renfro so why are we just assuming that like it matters right but Romeo Dobbs is whatever because we don't know anything right, right? and these guy and he was the only one at practice cuz all these other guys were sick it's like i i i listen to him and i go both are unknown both have a right, right. ton of fragility. So you'd be so confident on one and on, and versus the other is just ridiculous to me. And that's kind of the point. And that's why I'm like, if I'm not confident on any of these fucking guys, why don't just play the cheaper ones just so I don't yeah. have to play a 55. Yeah, somebody
1: else who you are confident in. Yeah.
0: Right. I'm more confident in going to war with three high end wide receivers. Right. Just like, can I get, can I get, I need to play these four guys. I need to play. Kertzer Allen, I need to play Fournette and Montgomery, I need to play Irv Smith, and I need to play Stefan Diggs. Like, that's preloaded, doesn't matter. I'm doing that purely for, obviously they project the best anyway, but I'm doing it even just for blocking. Now it just comes down to, do I play Amon Ross St. Brown? Do I play T. Higgins? Do I play, it's like, do I play Amon Ross St. Brown? It's like, yeah, I want him in my, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Put him in, and then, okay, now who do I, now all of a sudden, it's like, like, do I want to play Curtis Samuel here? Do I want to play? Like, it's like, dude, if I could just sixty one hundred for T Higgins, like, let me just plug him in and just like whatever works. Like, if I yeah. lose with these three receivers, I could I could sleep at night. But I ain't I ain't loo- I ain't I ain't plugging in a Commanders wide receiver with wets behind center against the Eagles, and then like feeling or cooks. Yes, I I I picked on Davis Mills, primary pass catcher. In a game against where the Bears are probably gonna run forty times and the clocks yeah. don't go out. I mean like, yeah. like let me just let me just play these guys, right? Like, but that's the rationalization. That is what that kind of the show is of like Yeah, what do you think of here? And Which, then obviously it makes sense
1: that I've never seen it because I don't play cash games, so I don't really focus right. too much on it. But And then they on,
0: do they do a can GPP still line they do a yeah, GPP okay. line, they typically play the fifty dollar red zone and okay. they discuss what they played in there and most of the time they lose there. Right, because I'm a GBP. You Most of the time, her. we all lose in GPPs. Right, right, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so I guess that this is this was this is my review of the of the cast. But that's that where Gilcast. the predictions tweets come. Like every at like six yeah, o'clock, yeah, yeah. I'll always tweet here the predictions for each person. And and a lot of times, I'm very close. I'm sure. Right. If there was Gilcast prediction DFS, I'd be pretty good. No, the the only other thing that I'm that I wish that there was uh, on that on that that, that kind of jokingly, I'm eerily eerily good at predicting judges' scorecards in MMA. Really? I'm really good at it. I mean, I'm I'm not not talking about, like, one. I'm talking about literally all three of them.
1: That's, I mean, that's really impressive. I'm on Twitter, like, I search in, like, the fighters' names, which, like, I have to, like, figure out how to spell this 14 characters that don't make any sense to me. I figure it out. I put it in Twitter, search it, look for the latest, and I read, like, 12 different people, like, going nine are like sure that it's this fighter one. And then the other three are sure that it's other, this other fighter one. And I'm like, I never have any idea what has happened in the fight when it goes to a decision.
0: Right. But no, well, nobody right. knows. No, well, the thing is, is that I'm not judging the fight. I'm judging. You're the judging judges. The, the judges.
1: Yeah, right, yeah I so I'm get like, it. So
0: like, I look at the fight and I go, and also the odds, because a lot of times the market actually is right. So it's like when I see a, a close round one and I'm like, I could see the judges going. I could see one judge going the other way and two going one way. And then I see, like, the the odds. Like, the live line is now, like, minus 350 for one fighter. And I'm like, yeah, maybe all three do go that one way. Like, I'm judging it based on And then I go, and I look at it and go, yeah, he, all he did was really hold the guy down. He really didn't inflict any damage. And earlier in the round, this guy landed a couple of shots. It's like, I think a lot of people may think this one guy got right. that round. But I think two out of the three judges gave it to the other guy. Right but, well, one, it, so of them, but one of them judges. got suckered by the fucking takedown. One of the judges right, right. got suckered by the takedown. It didn't count the other shit, so it's like like i'm i'm it's I'm judging stupid people. I'm just like I know one of them is gonna f- to go like that guy won that round yeah. and then at the end, I add that all up and I go, okay, I think it's gonna be thirty twenty seven twenty nine twenty eight twenty nine twenty eight and then it comes out That's like, me
1: you don't know the actual judges. You're not like, no. you know, this judge is gonna vote this way and this judge. Okay.
0: No, I don't know. <laughs> For a second, Sal I thought that's what you were saying. Or or Camacho okay. or what? I I don't know who the judge. Yeah, that I could be even more precise if it comes down to that. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I just I look at a I just look and I go I could, yeah all I could a clear round of like yeah all three judges gave it to the like this is this is an easy one, this is yeah. a toss up and. uh Sometimes it's a people think it's a toss up and it's really not a toss up and it's like, like no, I th- based on the judging criteria, this this fighter should have have all three scorecards. Like this, and the judges are not going to be stupid to award for some for octagon control. Like like people don't understand the judging criteria, so it's like they they they're going to think that this guy stole the round at the end because there wasn't that much action and the striking numbers were similar. But it's like, but based on, like, the four minutes of the round, like, based on the judging criteria, really, it, it was kind of clearly enough to the judges that it would be, one. so then I just do that, and I just go, you know, I go, oh, it's going to be 29-28 split. Or it's going to be, you know, uh, it, the hardest ones are the ones with the point deductions and the and the, and the 10-8 rounds. Sure. Yeah. Right, because sometimes it's like, okay, I this should be, based on judging criteria, this should be a 10-8 but I know, I know one or two of these fucking judges never give 10-8s unless the guy dies, right? So like completely yeah. dies. So it's like, okay, well, one 10-8, these are two 10-9s, right? And you just go, and then, because a lot of times I post before, I'm in I'm in Brett Appley's, uh Discord during uh Okay, sweating, you post it uh, in Discord. You just yeah. now, well, I mean, I, I, post it on Twitter. No, well, I mean- For the rest of us. I'm not going to post it on, oh, I think that, because by the time people see it, it'll be five minutes later. And I'll be right. like, right, That's I'm close. just- like, it's going, it's heading, it's like, the, the cards are coming out. I'm like, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be 29-28 split. Or I think it's going to be 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. And a lot of times it comes out, it's not a 30-27 30 to 27 unanimous. It's a 30-27, 30-20. Like, I'm, ear. Ir- I mean, like, if, if I had a, if I was in a competition with, like, I would, like, like people in the Discord even said, it's like, if they, if you were able to bet, on, on the three scorecard, on on a site somewhere, whatever like that. They basically said, "I just like I just tell whatever whatever I say and just print." But can't
1: card. you take advantage of it? Just betting on the fight, like if you can kind of predict how a round went better than other people, you at least have an idea of who is in the lead after each round better than most casual fans. So you could do in game like, yeah, fight, I, but, like but, but live fight, live but, but No,
0: but part of my judging is the betting line.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. The reason why I can yeah.
0: predict the scorecards better is because. Like, oh, that seems like it was a close round, but, like, the betting line doesn't suggest that, right? And I'm I'm assuming the betting market is more efficient. We get some, I mean, hey, every once in a while, everyone, I think one happened, like, two or three weeks ago. At the end of the third round, the betting, the live betting closed with one fighter minus 1,800. And he lost the split decision, (laughs) right? Wow okay like 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 it, he lost the split decision even while having I think he had a 30 20 it, it was one of those like I can't predict those where it's yeah thir, where it's 29 28 29 28 and then 30 27 for the other fighter right, right. so one judge had all three rounds for the for the guy that that the other two the other guy had two rounds like those are the ones where I just throw up in the air and say I can't I yeah uh, that, that I, you don't do? see that discrepancy I, I good luck predicting that yeah but yes if there was a, if there was a way that after the third round was done in that like three minute window
1: so you need to be doing what I'm doing on Twitter. Is what I'm hearing is you need to be searching the the fighter's name seeing the same things that I'm seeing when people are saying this fighter won 30 27 whatever and just say want a bet you know just respond to tweets saying Wanna I got bet? Th-
0: what I got three minutes to make a bet I got you got three, three minutes, minutes to, to
1: make a bet. a bet yeah close the bet
0: right three minutes to book a bet right so yeah. I have to but but the key is the three the three cards. Right, it's like 30-20, sure. like, like, oh, I have it 30-27. So what what happens if he wins 30-27, 30-27, 29-28? Does that, I mean, is that like, like, no, we have to bet on the cards. If you think it's going to mm-hmm. be 30-27 unanimous, okay, I could bet against that. I could bet, you know, I could say, no, it's going to be 30-27, 7-29-28, 29-28. Then you go, oh, you want to bet? And then I have to be able to price that now and then be able to obviously, you know, I mean, dude, you got three minutes to do this. Like what, like for, for how much am I going to do this on each and then find one for each time with random people person. on Twitter who've
1: you never met. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Right. Then you never met. Right. And then it's not the same person. If there's like one guy that's like, yeah, I want to bet you every time. It's like, okay, at least that I have yeah. constant action. Right. I could do it. It may not still, be feasible. It may not right, be it's feasible. Not, it's more, it's more of a like little feather in your cap type of thing of, yeah. of, of whatever. That's, you know, that's, that's my, that's my skill as a dom daddy. Right? Yeah. Is, that, is that the name? Is that what we're calling this? You
1: got a lot of skills as a Dom Daddy. Yelling right. at people, I mean, you're, you're the best in the business.
0: <laughs> uh, So who's coming up on high stakes this week?
1: Uh, So I'm taking. we're doing every other week now. It's going to be uh, Jamie Steed next week. Okay. Why Because we're doing week? seasons now, you know, kind of try to do it over the, uh, take a little summer break because people just aren't around watching over summer. So trying to just make the, the timing work a little bit better. Okay. And also now, now I'm doing on the contrary every Friday. I've got to book a guest every week for that, so it's just a lot to be booking people, you know, multiple uh, people. Poor week.
0: you, poor you. Yeah. How many? So how many? Show, so uh, how many shows do you do a week now during NFL season?
1: So lately, I've been doing. I mean, do we count videos on demand? Because I, I do two videos on demand for the showdown slate each Monday and Thursday. So and then let, I do, let's count.
0: Let's count that as one. One, if you're doing any type of short videos, just count it as one on a day.
1: Okay. Uh, so then I'm doing uh, one of those on a Monday. And then I'm going to be doing a deeper dive for NFL Monday night. Also doing an article each Monday and Thursday. But we're not counting that. Uh, so then Tuesdays, I have the day
0: off. Well, yeah. Also Monday, you have this show.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. If we count this show, then I'm doing three on Mondays. Uh, Tuesday is not doing any content. Uh, Wednesdays I'm doing NFL mo- morning show with Lafayette. I'm doing, uh, uh, the ownership show Wednesday mornings every other week. I'm doing high stakes on Wednesday afternoons.
0: Okay. So that's, a and one. then,
1: yeah. And then during baseball season, I'm now doing a uh, deeper dive for MLB Wednesday evenings. And then Thursdays I've got my two VODs again. So that's one more. And then in the evening I have uh, deeper dive again. And then Fridays, I have, on the contrary, in the morning. And I think that's it for Fridays. And then Saturday, I do a uh, strategy show. So I'm
0: okay, so that, doing that, a lot. That's nine and a, that's nine and a half. Yeah. Because high stakes, you count it every other week. So I'm counting it as a half.
1: Yep, yep. That makes so sense. That,
0: that's the, I mean, you're you're up there with me. I mean. Yeah, they're keeping me busy. Right. If you take a look at how many shows I do. Okay, so I during in season in NFL, I'm typically doing, obviously, the pregame show. That's five days, so that's five. I do this show, that's six. I do the MMA ground and pound, that's seven. I do the game theory show th- for NFL, that's eight. I do the Road Wire, uh soccer podcast, that's nine. And I and I typically do uh, one of the showdown before lock things, that's ten. And then I'm now doing the Sunday Twitter Spaces, which I guess is a show. Eleven. Sure, I um, count it. Right. But still yeah, the I mean, fact, you're fact... one of the busier
1: people. You, Pete Overzet. There, there are a number of people who are just like...
0: Yeah, but doing you're content up, but dude, you're up there.
1: Yeah, I'm have got. i mean, I'm, I'm up there for, for the NFL season, yeah. well, I'll see with, with NBA. I keep hearing that they're planning on having me on NBA shows this year, which I'm uh, both excited about and dreading because so much of my NBA process is listening to other people. So I don't like look at the popcorn machine or like... You know, I I have no experience with actually looking at rotations myself. I listen to other people engage what they're telling me and how much I want to factor that in. But I haven't been doing that research myself. So I'm like, if I'm going to be on shows when news is breaking about like this player is in, this player is out, that's a, a learning process for me to figure out how to, you know, look back at past slates that look similar to this one or, you know, past matchups that look similar to this one. What is the coach going to do? That kind of stuff. I don't have any experience with it. So I'm a, i am I love NBA DFS, but it's uh, it'll be a learning process to, to do, actually do, do like do what content. I do, then.
0: What's that? When that happens. I mean, I, this is what I literally do. I've been on grinders live for like NBA. I don't, I don't, I don't do it as often. Uh, when something has, Oh, so-and-so is out. Right. And then like Dean is like, well, so-and-so, so what does that mean? And I say, you know what that means? means we wait for the projections team to update the projections and then i reload it and see what the numbers say (laughs) i get
1: i mean that's that's a big part of my process as a player so i guess that makes sense
0: right so i don't do i know how it's really gonna affect all i know is that we have like five to seven people behind the scenes that work all day at these things that are the experts so let them figure it what they'll figure it out and they'll give me an output and and we'll get an up projection update and I'll be like oh okay it looks like this guy moves up and that guy moves down and it, okay yeah like that's yep. like well why i i don't care why that, that's <laughs> that's why i that's why that's why andy means and 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 noto or changed. like you know don't know more about what to input and when, how many minutes are going to be doled around than I am. What am I going to say? I could theorize yeah. by obviously you play NBA DFS enough. It's like, okay, Giannis is out. What does that mean? Oh, Middleton and holiday. I mean like, yeah. you know, Bobby Portis is coming in here and the early, early Iliasova or some Jordan Nawara thing happens, you know, like, like it's the common stuff kind of stuff, but like, yeah. it's more of the stuff where like three guys are out and like guys from like the G league are up and it's like April, and it's like, good luck. Good luck predicting the Thunder thunder rotation, right? right. No one fucking knows. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I,
1: I think there is some value in knowing the reasoning and, like, the, the range of outcomes. Like, the projection doesn't really tell you the range of outcomes for how this could go, you know. If it's, you know, in this one game, this happened, this player played a lot more. But in this other game, this player benefited more and, you know, they went big. I don't know. There's, I think there is some benefit to that. Well, but, of course,
0: uh, that's the context. But, I mean, the main thing yeah. is... Is a like, project I can't yeah. do anything because the, project.
1: the projections team is yes. The projections team knows the the context and, um, yeah, I agree.
0: So, but I, I didn't you you went from not being busy to being busy. I mean, like, yeah. I, I remember. I, told- I remember uh, uh, we had a conversation like like months upon months ago about about like you were still you were still working, and you're like like you're thinking about getting into content or whatever, and me telling you. Doesn't pay as much as you think, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. like this, this is the type that. of thing where it's a nice little recurring thing on the side that allows you to have some peace of mind that when you when you go minus ninety percent on a slate, that like I have this money coming, like no matter what, there's like some background yeah. money, recurring money coming in regardless. Uh yeah. And then and then you were like, uh, like, yeah, if I could just. You know, do a show or do a something like just like something. Maybe it's only once a week or just whatever. And now yeah. you're now you're a salaried employee. Right. And you're doing like 10, you're doing videos and 10 shows and whatever.
1: And articles. Yeah.
0: Right. And I mean, truthfully. All in, in order to do anything like that is. Put yourself in the position to get opportunities.
1: Yeah. That's exactly. Right. I mean, I've been doing this show for free, um, and I, I, I love, I love doing it. I don't mind how much content I'm doing. I really enjoy. It. I told my wife just yesterday, the other day, I was saying, you know, this job there is about as much stress in a lot of ways, like because there are a lot of deadlines and things that I need to, uh, be. I have deadlines involved. There's some stress involved, but I don't really care. I enjoy it so much more than my last job. So it's a, uh, it's a lot more satisfying doing this kind of work for me than my last job where I was, you know, kind of a, working in a mill kind of lawyer.
0: Right, because you're working on stuff that you don't necessarily even care about. You're doing it, you're doing that anybody your can do you too, because you're, you're skilled at the thing, but you don't care about the case. Here, you actually, yeah, here, exactly. it's like, dude, all I'm doing is content on the thing that I'm already playing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Right,
0: so like, I'm already doing this, so like, the only difference between this is that I'm, like, the NFL pre lock show tonight, or something. I'm not a big fan of showdown shows, because they're so limited, and like, what do I do? I'd, like, play less dupe lineups, like, that's the show. Yeah. Have a good night. I mean, like, I don't know what else I could say, uh, but it's like, all I'm doing is spending 45 minutes. I just spend 45 minutes. Look, I'm, I built my lineups. Like I, like all I'm doing is talking out the slate. I, I, what am, is my life changing? I'm getting paid. Right. Somewhat to just like, do, what, what's my preparation? Dude, we get on this show. And we literally, we barely even say hello to each other. Yeah. Right. You get, you, you get, oh, go. you're here. Yep. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Let's start the shot. Like, like why wouldn't you like, yeah, you're not getting paid for this, but what else would I be doing right now recording in the afternoon? I would just be what? Just yeah. watching a movie Nothing. or something. I mean, like what, this is what I, I do. don't even know. Right.
1: I usually waste time if I'm not doing stuff like this. So. Right. No idea.
0: Right, so at least get at least get paid to waste it. if you and and you get to talk about the thing that you like the most to people that actually understand what you're talking about.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. I That's can't a have these game. conversations with my wife. Right. Right. She has no idea what's going on. She has some idea. Yeah. For 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 a wife for a wife for a significant sure. other, she she conceptually knows a lot more about DFS than. That some of some of the people that play DFS some of the right. bad DFS. She people.
1: understands the concepts that you talk about because but, she's probably I mean, probably to, to some extent, she yeah, that, yeah.
0: That, like the number the number one thing that she understands that a, a layperson wouldn't is that like that if I'm rooting for something now I'm not typically not visibly like ah oh, come on and blah, blah blah I'm not doing anything like that but if she's in the living room while like MMA is on or something like that. And it's like, and I'm like, I need, I need this, I need, I want this guy to win. And she knows why it's not because it's like, Oh, cause you think it's going to, he, she knows that like, it's probably because he's low owned. Right. Right. Like yep. she, she understands like that concept of like, you want to play, like you were probably playing guys that are under owned and Oh, like that just concept of ownership. Right. You would figure like, does your wife understand the concept of ownership?
1: Yeah, mine does too actually okay. because I mean because we also talk about it you right. know a fair amount not not a lot it's not like her favorite thing to talk about so we don't talk a lot of dFs but from time to time you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit
0: right but i mean if you if you like won a t- like one hundred thousand dollars in a gpp or something like that you said yeah like it was great like my three percent own guy got three home runs yeah like he understands what that means. why that that that's the rate like like, yeah, it's not like, yeah. oh yeah, the thing that everyone thought would happen. I had the whole, I, every, all the chalk right? Yeah. Like it right? Like, like she understands that there's some game theory around that. Sure. Rather, yeah, for sure. And, and if you talk to some random person on the street, that's like, yeah, I heard a draft. No. like, you'd go, what? I don't even understand even what you're talking about. Yeah. <sighs> Our lives are, are we, and we're not complaining about it. Not at all. Right? Good some life. people complain. Some people are like, oh, I got to do this, and I got to do it. like, like, dude. This is this is the dream. It's, this is the dream."
1: I would. Some people on Twitter are like, uh, "Somebody made that. I think John. Uh, I forget. I forget his name. Somebody. Somebody made the post about, uh, you know, oh, you're you're living people's dream. You got to keep in mind, you can't complain about this." I'm like, "It's some people's dream. There are some people who would dream about doing what we do. I don't know that it's everybody's dream to be." No,
0: it also BFS depends content. on what you consider what the level of dream is. I right, have very right. low standards. So like to me it's my dream, but then some people you know are like no, that I, my, my dream is to live to own my own private island. And I'm like, well, that's you, right. you ain't you ain't doing that through fantasy sports right. content. Like that There are, there are better ways to make money. Right. There there's way way more efficient ways to make money. This is this, this is a way to make money so you have just enough money to not have to do something else. Yeah, Like that's, that's exactly. really at the, like the, you're right. Like, and that's still only like the top 5% of people in fantasy sports content. Most of, most right. of the people that you're reading and consuming content from in fantasy football, they have all the, like they're, they're, they're not getting paid much. If any, some people it's free. Some people like, like, you're not like, it's. Oh well, the guy has thirty-two thousand followers. It said, "Yeah," and he right. still has a regular job. You don't get paid for followers, right? You don't get right. I can't. I can't pay my my mortgage with with, with followers. Like, okay, yeah. I give up two thousand, right? So a lot of people don't realize that that. And me personally, I wouldn't do it for that. No. Yeah. Do you see? I. I mean, you must see what some people do for such little amount of money, and you go you must I mean you must really love it for that like, you know. I mean I mean I hate writing so like anything when it comes to writing I'm like yeah I I, I don't love it that much That I'm gonna... yeah
1: I mean I as I said I'm doing the, the showdown article now but I have I figured out a format that I think works well enough and I just kind of plug things in for each game that you know it, it changes a little bit each but, but like generally the format uh, stays the same makes it a lot easier but yeah I'm I was an English I I used to, I wanted to be a writer when I was younger. Uh, It was like my dream. I wanted to be like an author and then, you know, gave up on that dream because I just do not have the will to actually write a book or like don't have the great idea. And uh, ultimately figured out that I don't think I love writing either in general. I like doing it from time to time a little bit, but uh, I'm I'm willing to do it when it's just this kind of format where it's the same thing twice a week.
0: I think, I think, I think maybe we're both very similar that I like to have written but yeah, that's rewriting. true. Writing like I yep. like at the end of everything, if I wrote like if, if I wrote a 10,000 word article, I'd be like, that was a really good article. Yeah. It would also probably take me 14 hours to do and just be like, oh, this word or this sentence or like. And at the yeah. end, you look at it and you go masterpiece. And then you're like, oh, sometimes <laughs> imagine having to do this every day.
1: Right, exactly. You don't have the energy every day.
0: Right, right. I was like, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't do this every day. What, I'm going to spend, when, when Noto writes the grind down or something for Orchise's yeah. music, intense. I'm like, I fucking shoot me.
1: Right. Yeah, and Emacs e- is the same way for Stochastic. Like he's just a prolific writer. He writes so much and he just loves doing it. Like he told me it's a creative outlet for him. I'm like, it is that for me, but also it drains me so much that I couldn't do it that consistently.
0: Right. And then, then video could be the opposite. So there's some people that love writing, it's like, no, I like being like, they're not on camera. They're not doing anything live. It's like, I like just sitting down, like out of the way and just like writing, do my little, have my coffee, do my little thing. The birds are chirping on the thing. And like yeah. me, like, and then they look at video and they go, what'd well, you just get on camera and just like no editing and just like, just blurt and whatever. Like, like, no, that's, to me, that's, that's the easy part. That's, that's, yeah. that's basically someone saying, Hey, here's a microphone. You talk and I'm like, Oh, okay. How long do you want me to talk for? <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to talk. Okay.
1: Well, that's a skill that you have.
0: Why well, do you call it? Is it really a skill?
1: I mean, I can't do it. Like, you could talk endlessly. I think that you could do this show by yourself. I mean, you, I guess you have said that you thought about doing the show by yourself. You could do it for an hour. I would struggle to do a show like this for an hour.
0: Well, But I don't, i see that's the, that's the part that I, know, I I never get because it's like, how could you not?
1: I don't know. It's just not in my nature to just keep coming up with new concepts to talk about. I mean, I guess I, I can talk with people for, for a long time. So I theoretically should be able to, but I would probably need at least an audience to feed off of. Like, I wouldn't be able to just talk to myself for an hour.
0: Well, that's what if I, I have, I, like, chat going. Right. Well, easier. I mean, that that helps. I mean, that's why, you know, doing the sweat show that one year when I did like a seven hour show or something like, yeah, as long I as I could do it can. with chat, I think. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, the the main thing is that like, well, I mean, I talked to myself for a six hour audio course and a 15 hour whatever. I mean.
1: But did you write that out ahead of time? Like no. exactly what you were or like close to it? No outline no, or an, anything? An
0: outline. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Outline. Definitely. Sure. But as far okay. as I explain, I mean, obviously it's very heavily edited also. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's much different. But just as far as like most of the podcasts that I grew up listening to grew up or whatever in 2005, 2010 we're comedians. Right. Right. And I was a comic. So it's like, like, yeah, Mark Maron would have a guest on, but he would also have like a 20 minute part in the beginning. He's just talking about, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Right. And Bill Burr's yep. Monday morning podcast is just him. Just ranting for an hour about whatever. I mean, I'm like, yeah, cause we're comics. Like that's what we, we stand up right. in front of an audience by ourselves with a microphone. And obviously you have pre-planned material and stuff like that. But if, Someone said to me, you you can't tell any of your jokes or whatever you have. No, you can't plan out anything. It's like, yeah, I could get up in front of a crowd for 45 minutes and do crowd work even. I mean, I don't, is it going to be as good (laughs) as my pre-planned material? Probably not. But I mean, I could still, I could still probably get laughs or whatever. So like, yeah, like, I
1: I think that that's a skill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't, it's. That's but because you have the at, skill. At, at because me. it
1: comes to you naturally, you don't recognize it as a skill.
0: Yeah, but is it natural? Is it a sk- see? Is is it a byproduct of my personality, or is it a skill? Because, like for instance, it would be a skill. Like, like teaching is somewhat of a skill. Comedy is somewhat of a skill. Like uh, skillful things, but just simply talking, mm-hmm. like, it's just a byproduct of the fact that, like, I. If it's some, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere on the spectrum where like, if I, if I'm really passionate about a subject, I could talk about it for 16 hours long. Now, if it's something I'm not interested at all, I'm the quietest person in the room and I'm probably looking at my phone because I'm not interested whatsoever but any. you speak
1: articulately about the, the subject that you care about. So I guess that is where the skill comes in. It's not just talking, it's speaking articulately and in a way that, you know, you can teach people and people want to listen to you. That's a, That's the skill.
0: I don't do it on purpose though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Doesn't mean I, it's not a skill. I,
0: I explain it the way that I would want it to explain to me. So like, yeah, like I just look at it and go, okay, let's, let's take a look at this example. Let's take a look at that example. Let's use an extreme and go, if it's works in that and it works in this, there has to be somewhere in the middle that it's a combination of these two. Sure. Go and then just guide people through a process of like, well, now that we know this, how could we use it for this? How could we then use it for that? How can we then yep. use it to this? And then they go, well, what's the right answer? I go, there's no right answers. And then they kill me. <laughs> yep. Player Q DFS on Twitter, as usual. Uh, you d- You d- uh, we, we already talked about your, your showdown, duel bank right uh, I don't know that we did uh but well, I didn't yeah wanna, I do not necessarily want to talk about it but just the fact that I just like when Eric was on and I would come on and especially since I play a lot of cash games in addition to GPP and be like okay I had a pretty good day okay I had a pretty, and he's always like nope lost nope lost nope lost then it, it, it starts ending up being like why is Eric on the show he always loses Right. are you supposed to be really good at t- so you got to
1: mention it just so that people know that i do win right sometimes. right yeah, that right was, so
0: I, that's why a week and a half
1: mentioned. ago at this point but yes i right. did i, I did I take down
0: mention that that uh, there was what one hundred twenty-five thousand.
1: no so that was that was the lineup that was in first and that the stochastic team uh tweeted out and jinxed me and said uh neil i don't want to jinx you but they tweeted out that lineup and then that lineup with like two minutes left got passed and i was like damn it i i lost this and then uh the Josh Palmer touchdown at the end pushed a different one of my lineups. So, so that one had been duplicated twice. and Instead, uh, the Josh Palmer touchdown pushed up a different one of my lineups that was duplicated three times. So I ended up winning like ninety one, ninety two thousand.
0: Okay, that's still that's still fine. That's still. Good. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, that's a, that's a great start for the NFL season for me.
0: Well, we got uh, tonight is uh, Cowboys and Giants. Hopefully, better than the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos. That was whatever. That painful. Was... I usually,
1: I enjoy those like low scoring games, but even that, even from the uh, DFS perspective, it was like, none of the players I need to do well are doing anything. And it's just, it was ugly.
0: Yeah. I didn't play, I didn't play that. Sle- a lot of times I take off the Sunday showdown cause I'm all footballed out anyway. So I yeah. was, ju- I was watching that more with glee, just like more, like it's such a horrible football game that I, I, I can't not watch this train wreck. Like it's, and I don't have to worry. Cause that's like, I have, I have $0 at stake. So it's like, if Jimmy G wants to just step out of the back of the end zone, go for it. That's that feel was, free. Just not even aware, not nothing. If Russ wants to just say and it
1: well, was lucky for him. That was the best part of that. Right. If it had, if he had not stepped out, it was an epic six. So
0: right, seeing coaches uh, not go for it on fourth and inches on their on the forty oh my God. down. point. Yeah. I mean, I just like.
1: And this like, is after actually. I don't know if it was. I don't remember if it was the Broncos doing but this is that game happened after. The Broncos head coach hired somebody specifically for in-game decisions, <laughs> and it was still like, "Why are you making these terrible decisions all the time?" Right. I and that he, decision, he hired his buddy right who thinks there, just like him. I saw like the him.
0: decision bond. is like, "Like, go for it." It was like plus four point six percent win yeah. percentage. Strong. Goal. It, yeah, it was
1: the Broncos actually. Yeah, right.
0: It was the Broncos. Yeah,
1: that's frustrating.
0: Yeah, but the fact that they can't that they came and won the game means that that's gonna just reinforce that. Well, oh yeah. That's why yeah. we do it. Not realizing that not every team that you play has going to have Jimmy G as the quarterback. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. High stakes podcast every every other week now. You could find yeah. that on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And uh, uh, James just pushed an update. We, we added some new features to the tools uh, in the Advanced Players Course Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports that you could pick up at theoryofdfs.com.